How many of you remember? I have a question for you. How many do you remember when it felt like your whole childhood was under attack, probably a couple years back, when they threatened to stop making Twinkies forever? How many of you remember that? Does anybody remember that? Do you remember that day? What, what were your feelings later that day when they said they're, they're going to do away with Twinkies? Were you upset? Were you sad? Were you angry? Like remorse? Whatever. I don't know what set in for you because you didn't eat enough. I don't know. Well, you know, we're sensitive to that. And Kroger was sensitive to that. And that they made a beautiful little display. Not Crow Gucci, but Crow Ghetto. Kind of get amen. All right. Shop small. Shop local. Um, but when I was at Crow Ghetto the other day, I walked around the corner. This was two weeks ago when this idea came. And I was just like, all things pumpkin were stacked, okay? And, and on this, this stacking of all things pumpkin, pumpkin Twinkies, pumpkin Pop-Tarts. Can I get amens? Okay, is this striking a nerve here? Pumpkin spice oatmeal. Wow. And also, some of the nectars, you may support them or not, but an iced pumpkin spice latte. P.S. to the L.O. <laughs> I know. Listen, some of you hate Starbucks, but you still try at least one of these a year. Okay, so the question is, if you were heartbroken that Twinkies could have went away, let me know. Let me know if you were heartbroken. Anybody? Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some. I saw that hand. Who else wants a Twinkie? All right, hold on. I'm going wide. Oh, there we go. All right. Yes. All right. Top row, you're just, you're broken, bro. You need something. Top, top, boom, all right, who else, who else likes, you want some, oh, almost, Carla, throw it back further if you don't want it, anybody else? I've got two left, who, first time visitor, she needs it, who doesn't want it, who, uh, is there anybody else up top, is there anybody else up top, okay, Uh, can I see that Twinkie, please? Can I see that Twinkie? Where did it go? It's still in the package. There you go. All right. So everybody's got to get their Twinkie on. This is the hostess with the mostess. And, and here's the thing. Two cakes are 260 calories, so you can have one for 130, all right? Okay. So, all right. Also... Also, um, who, who used to start your mornings uh, with a Pop-Tart? Let's be honest. I need my, my most enthusiastic Pop-Tart thieves in the world. Jeb has a Pop-Tart in his hand. I mean, it just makes sense. You know what I'm saying? This guy is doing what he's expecting for life. You know what? That was by faith. By faith, Jeb brought a Pop-Tart to church, right? Okay. Um, how many of you guys love to start your morning with some oats? Let's be real. You love to start your morning with oats. So the question I have for you, all right, and Joni, I know this about you, so you, you can't qualify for this one, all right? Whose birthday is on Christmas Day? My, my mother-in-law's is Christmas Day. So if you forget her birthday this year, you're Dunskies, okay? Anybody's birthday on why am I doing this? Because mine's today, and a lot of times the exact opposite on the schedules, you know, like Christmas in June kind of thing. Let's, let's think about Christmas in December. Who has a birthday on Christmas Day besides Joni? Anybody? How about the day before Christmas, 24th? Anybody? Are you, is that you or are you just rubbing shoulders? 26th? 
Anybody's birthday? When is yours? Birthday near Christmas. <laughs> January 2nd? What else? Anybody else? Joni, you might be getting pumpkin spice here. Do you like these? There you go. Let's give it up for Joni. All right. Thank you. That is my sweet mother-in-law. All right. So now, with throw the latte, is that what you said? It's like, it's like being at a uh, West Virginia game, you know? It's like, if you're not wearing it, you're not having it. Um, so anybody's birthday close to today? All right. Jill, when was yours? Last Thursday. All right. I need, um, anybody else closer than that? When is yours? Tuesday. Uh, how far? I need mathematicians. How far? That's two days. Okay. All right. Sorry. The book of numbers is there for a reason. Um, anybody else? Tuesday. That's the closest so far. Iced to perfection. We were going to give out hot ones, but they wouldn't be hot by the time they got here. All right? Okay, so today, after you've been given so many great things, um, we're going to give you something even better, the Word of God. Hallelujah. Um, but I have a question for you, okay? Um, we got pretty excited about Twinkies. We got pretty excited about Pop-Tarts. Bless you. Uh, oatmeal, Joni's like, okay, it'll start my day pretty balanced. Um, we got really excited about pumpkin spice lattes. What, was there kind of, uh, you know, some, some desire, some craving that we were kind of feeling in the, in the house a little bit? Would you, would you say that um, you probably would have done some pretty uh, extensive things to get that, especially that pumpkin spice latte. You can't help with the day you were born. But I see <laughs> Rachel's angry right now. Why are you angry? You shouldn't bring that to church. You bring the joy of the alert into church, okay? Um, but we're in the middle of this series called FOMO, and it's the fear of missing out. And this is like a real thing, okay? And when we talk about desires, you know, cravings, you know, um, things like that, we typically think about that with, with food. Can I get some amens? Kara made some cookies that came from a tube, all right? But she made some cookies, like early birthday cookies, and they were 39, because that's how old I am today. 39 cookies. How many cookies do you think I ate from that tube? Uh, just about, Okay. Seriously, I paid for it the next day because your body is not supposed to eat a half a tube of sugar cookies, okay? But I think about this when I think about what I crave and what I want in life, and food is like one of those things. Totally. You're thinking about it right now. You're like, stop speaking so I can go eat, all right? Why did they serve communion today? See, we're thinking cravings, desires, wants. But what about relationships? Isn't this something, relationships, that is a deep, deep want in our life? Everybody is made to be with somebody. Meaning that that desire to be in friendships and, and romantic relationships, it's there. And we hunger for these things, we desire these things, we crave these things. And what we're going to talk about today in, in, in relation to FOMO, that fear of missing out on relationships, um, and this understanding as to, to what should they look like, how should we operate in life, um, are, are we going to be a people that succumbs to a, a, a lustful desire for relationships? I'm going to define this better. This isn't a sex talk at church today. Or is it a loving hope, a disposition that we have in our lives to be in relationships with others? We know from the very beginning, we saw that Genesis 3, 5, 
that we have desired to be uh, in relationship with others, to have knowledge, but also that God has desired to be in relationship with us. He wants to be close to us. So FOMO, lust or love, what does this mean? Let's really define, I think that's so important that we do that, define what lust is. A lot of times, right away, our minds can go to the sexual things, can't we? It's natural. It's natural. We do that. We, we think in that direction. But lust is a passionate desire for something. When we further define the word desire, it's a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. A strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Right? And I think about this in my own life. For me, probably the one of the biggest things I lust after, and we talked about this in first service, is I'm like an, a car guy, automotive guy. Anybody else like cars and stuff? Anybody like cars, trucks, transportation, anything with a motor and wheels, you're like, I want that. Why? Because I don't have it. You know, whatever it is. And we were making jokes in first service, uh, and, and I, I, was, I was laughing, but also seeing that, man, I'm not alone on this. I counted it up with Aiden the other day riding in the car. This was probably about a year ago. We were riding in the car together. And he's like, Dad, how many cars have you had throughout the years? So starting at the age of 16 to now, at the age of 39, between Kara and I, we have had almost 40 cars. <laughs> brother, brother had a problem, okay? Brother had a major problem. Now, some of them I had for like a minute because I switched them out to get something else or to do this or to do that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A little wheel and dealing. You know, or, or some of them I was just like, it's not worth the work. Hand it off, you know, or, or this. And, and, and man, I tell you what, I can't help but when something slide, slides by looking all shiny and pretty, I'm like, well, hello, how are you? I can't help when the, like a Subaru with a good exhaust goes by, a WRX or something, you know, the H block is talking or, or, or the V8, you know, coming out, you know, through the exhaust and it's like, and you're like, hello, you know, I can't help it. Because those wants and desires for these things, you know what I mean? Bruce, you start your truck and you're like, you like that exhaust? I'm like, yeah, I hate you, Bruce, you know what I mean? FOMO. But when you think about this when it comes to others and people around you, what kind of desires do we have? What are we wanting in relationships? It makes sense with physical things, you know, objects, but what about people? When we talk about love and we further define love, we see this as warm attachment, enthusiasm, or devotion. Affection based on admiration, benevolence, and let's further define benevolence, and this is going to be a key word throughout disposition to do good disposition to do good or common interest we see that a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties love for family or even an attraction based on sexual desire it flows out of lust and in love as well these desires that we see within but this is most identified as like, like someone in their their 90s still just holding hands and walking through the mall they're still physically, con does that make sense now? It's not all sexual in nature. It's that connectedness that we desire. Lust or love. Desire versus disposition. To lust, we live out of the desire to fulfill what we want inside. Right? There's something about the feeling of 
switching gears and chirping wheels. You know what I'm saying? There's something about it. It does something inside. All right? Any guys with me on that or, or ladies? Anybody? Okay, I see that hand. God bless you. Go and send no more. All right? You know, it's just something that I want. I, want, I naturally want that. I naturally, I'm just like, man, that would be fun. But then we see the other side of it. When we love, we live out of the disposition. The benevolence is within us to do good, be good toward others, and overflow into their lives. Do you guys see the dichotomy there when pursuing relationships with others? Are we looking to get what we want from people? Or are we looking to give what God has for them? Do you get what I'm saying here? This is setting the stage for understanding FOMO in relationships. Today we're going to talk about someone that you've heard his name many times. I'm sure if you've been here or maybe you've grown up in church or maybe recently been in church. An Old Testament guy, his name was David. And this guy is one of my favorites because I, I like David so much because I can identify and that he is a monumental screw up but still labeled a man after God's own heart. This is someone that was a bad father, is what we read in Scripture. This is someone that struggled with sexual desire and lust, so much so that he had a man killed so that he could be with that man's wife. This is in Scripture. You're like, whoa, I thought that was only in the movies. No, this is real stuff. This is someone that, that didn't manage his life well at times. This is someone that I think a lot of us can identify with because of all the human failures that we accumulate over time, but also someone that we can identify with who, after following God and his decrees, was able to get it right. So we read about this in an instance in Psalm 37. And this is written also in a poetic form because David was not just a shepherd, not just a king, a father, a husband, but he was also someone who could write poetry. This man was smooth, though, wasn't he? Think about that, right? Write poetry. And he wrote this in such a way so that it would be memorable, based out of the Hebrew alphabet, an acrostic. And I'll read for you, and then we're going to glean some things from it. And the points that we'll glean here are going to be memorable. Before, you know, before we even get to that point, I will give you uh, the, the full disclosure that we try to make things memorable, so sometimes they rhyme. Does that make sense? as David did with this poem, so people could walk and remember things. We want you to do the same as you leave. So, 37th Psalm, starting verse 1. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who are wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Do not fret for those, and think about this when it comes to the FOMO and we think about that fear of missing out on relationships. And have you ever felt that way that you get a little fretful, a little frustrated, a little angry when you see people that aren't doing what's right and good, their disposition is not right, but yet they still succeed. Yet they still get the girl. Right, guys? You see what I mean by this? Or he still, she still gets the guy, but their life is incongruent with good and righteousness. And you sit back, and David was the guy on both sides of this, right? So he could write with such wisdom, right? Because he'd been through this and understood this well. And so often, just I want to make sure I explain this, when we get into these situations of life, we look around us and compare ourselves to others and their relational journey when what God is trying to do, and David is teaching us here today, compare us to the Lord first, that relationship before we look around us. Does that make sense? 
He says, don't fret. I've become very fretful at points, right? I've become very fretful because I want things to happen when I want them to happen. And when they don't and I see other people getting it, you can get a little frustrated. Does that make sense? Probably does. So what does he say? For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. The Lord won't bless folk that live in that way. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. You kind of picture, uh, you know, his other great writings about the Lord being our shepherd and providing for us in this way. He says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. And David ends this part with saying, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. We're going to talk more about that next week in depth. He says, do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. David's like, stop looking around. Look within. Stop looking around. Look within. Stop looking around. Look within. Look to God. Look to this relationship first before you try to compare yourself with the people and their relationships around you. So here's some of our memorable ideas we want to share with you that we've pulled from Scripture this week. Trust and do what's right, and you will find his faithfulness day and night. See, when we look at this a little deeper, the, 30, the, the, third, song, the third verse of this 37th Psalm, trust in the Lord. Isn't this probably one of the hardest things to do? It's so easy to trust in the physical things that we can see around us, and it is so difficult to trust in the one I've never shaken hands with. You know, we try to get this imagery today of climbing up on Dad's lap and talking with him and feeling his heartbeat. But have you ever climbed up on God's lap? Have you ever taken a stroll with God feeling the grasp of his hand and the strength of his hand walking with you. I've never done that. So I'm doing this thing by faith. You know, I'm trusting, like Derek talked about last week, and justified by that faith that, that I'm working this, I'm walking this thing out. But again, I've never. Now, we had a wonderful physical example through Jesus. But when David's talking here, someone who never even saw the Messiah is talking about trust in the Lord. This is deep stuff. Trust the Lord. It's easier to trust in things that we can do and create than it is the one who created everything and is challenging us to do this one thing. Trust in the Lord and do good. What is this do good? Right? Isn't this kind of vague and arbitrary at points? Well, do good. Oh, I did good. I fed somebody. I clothed somebody. I did this. I did that. But what about something as simple and as... as commanding as the Ten Commandments. How, how much have we, we, we done that? Because even Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish but fulfill all of the law. I mean, ha have we done good with that? Have, have we done good with what uh, Jesus told us to do throughout the New Testament? And have we, we done good by following his example? It's one thing to trust. It's another thing to do good. But when we do these things in sequence, we see that we will find his faithfulness both day and night. And the imagery that we have here on finding his faithfulness is this cultivation 
I was talking to Pat. She gives me a tomato plant every year. And just now, there's tomatoes popping on there, like red tomatoes. What's wrong with that? Can anybody tell me what's wrong with that? I got crappy soil. There's not enough nutrients in there. There's not enough sun. There was enough. There was just not enough. There just was not enough. I did not cultivate it enough for it to grow to the full measure that it could have had. I could have had tomatoes all summer. You see what I'm saying here? Things could have been different with that plant. Bless her heart. But they weren't. There's some red tomatoes, but not to the fullness that there could have been. We think about our relationship with God and how much do we cultivate time with Him and our relationship with Him and allow Him to cultivate faithfulness and relationship with us. Faithful, 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 and out of all of that faithfulness on our part and His, we see fruitfulness. But how long does it take us to get to faithfulness to the point that we may not ever see the fruitfulness? When you think about relationships with people, friendships and romantic relationships, how long are you just remaining faithful to God in the process, cultivating faithfulness to really get what he wants for your life, what he desires? I'm not saying that it's like a if-then statement where everything's going to be just beautiful. You find the one. (gasps) Do you know what I'm saying by that? You better work at being with the one or the one will not be the one before you know it because you didn't work at it. Somebody didn't work at it. Marriage, two-way street. Relationships, two-way street. It's not one-sided. It'll be lopsided, and it will fall over. You get what I'm saying? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. And not comparing ourselves to others' relationships, but comparing ourselves to what God has for us and our relationship. Trust and do what's right, and you will find his faithfulness day and night. The second thing Delight in him, and he'll place his desires within. This is one of those scriptures people love to quote. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Have you heard that before? You flip on the TV. Take delight in the Lord today. What are you desiring? What is it that you want from the Lord today? Put your quarter in, you'll get back exactly what you want that ring. Put your quarter in, you'll get your ring back. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Take delight in the Lord, and everything you want will just be sitting in your driveway. Look at Sherman, you know, precious, precious, precious. Just, just if then. See what's crazy about this, and, and and David knew this well. When he took delight, which means to spend time to grow a relationship with God, God's desires and wants for his life became his desires and wants for his life. When we think about David and Bathsheba, God did not necessarily want you to have her husband killed, placed at the front of the battle lines so that you could have his wife. Your wants were a little off there, bruh. So much so that there was results from that sin and that their baby died. You guys realize that. But see, what's so unique about that story, you can go back and read it. David mourned. He repented, right? All visible signs of that. But then he washed his face. He got up after repentance and said, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what's right. Can't help what's been done, but I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do good. I'm going to be good according to God's standards for my life, what I see in Scripture, but also what I see in my time with Him as I delight 
in him and I experience his pleasure and his pleasure becomes my pleasure. His desires become my desires. Does that make sense? Not put the quarter in and get your shiny ring. Put your heart in this thing. All of your heart. And he'll give you back what he wants you to do every single day. Right? Because you're spending time with him and you're helping to figure it out in that way. The last, excuse me, not the last, the third, second to last. Commit your ways, he'll put your character on display. Commit your ways, he'll put your character on display. Commitment, that is a, that's a big word right there, isn't it? When you think about commitment, how many times have you had a friend say, I will meet you there at 3.30, we're going to have a blast, and you plan the whole thing, and it's like 3.45, and you're hearing crickets. Obviously, their commitments were somewhere else. Do you get what I'm saying? It's so easy to recommit when we're not fully committed, isn't it? Isn't that wild when you think about it? In relationships, it's all about commitment. I like to say covenant, especially in a marriage relationship, because that's what that is. But it's about commitment. It's about sticking to your word. It's about showing up and being there. And when we look at delighting ourselves in the Lord and taking delight and spending time with him, and we commit our way, our every single day, all the things we do, our way, and we trust in him, he will do this, an if-then statement. He will make your righteousness, your righteous, he will make you righteous, and your rewards shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. He, his character, will become your character. Let's be real about this for a second. Ladies, would you like a man... Um, that drives the nicest car. Yeah, really. Okay. How about a man that has, okay, we want him to have a J-O-B, but we don't want him to, you know, you're not worried about someone that is climbing the ladder and stepping on people's fingers all the way up. Right, ladies? You don't worry about that. You know, you, you want a man that is sensitive. Um, you want loving, kind. Um, make the list, all right? You want that. Gentlemen, the ladies you try to hang out with versus the ones you want to marry sometimes can be two different ladies. How's your toes? I, I know about that. I wasn't the best growing up. Pretty broken, but wasn't the best. But then this girl came into my life. Thank you, Joni, for bearing her. Her name is Kara. You saw her up here earlier. I love that girl. And the first time I saw her, I was like, well, hello. <laughs> my pleasure to be acquainted with you. All of a sudden, I turned to, to an Elizabethan, you know, Shakespearean, and I started writing sonnets. no. We ate at Sonic. Just kidding. Um, but I saw this girl, and I was like, that's the kind of girl I want to marry. Guy, you know how it is. Let's be real. You're not worried about eye candy. You're worried about someone with a good heart that would be a great, loving wife, a wonderful mother, if that's in the cards for you guys, someone that will support you. Ladies, you're, you're, you want in a husband that has character, because if he has character, he will work hard. He will provide. He will love you and choose you over anything else. Does this make sense? See, what we're, we're living with is different than what we're looking for. What we're living in is different than what we're looking for most times. And this is where we got to ask ourselves, is this something that I desire or is my disposition to do good in this? And this is hard when it comes to relationships because we've all been in them. If you've been in them, you got some scars. And it's hard to trust God and others moving forward. But when we commit our ways to the Lord, an if-then statement, he will make your character shine 
And that's all you're responsible for, your character. You get what I'm saying? That's what you're responsible for. Obedience to him, and he will put your character on display. The last point in worship team, wherever you guys are at, you guys can start getting ready for our our closing time of response. Be still and patiently wait. Can you put that up real quick? Yes, be still. And, but where's the little red block with the if then? Where's my type A people that are looking for that? I was in a meeting the other day and they had an agenda and they didn't follow the agenda. I about threw the paper at them. Like, why are we here? Why did I waste? What, what is wrong with you? You put things, you bulleted them, you bulleted them, and I, I'm checking them off as I, you lied to me. You know what I'm saying? You were looking for a red blank here because be still and patiently wait. Then, see, this is what's hard. This is what God's trying to fill in in your life. This isn't up to me. David talks about it more in just a bit, but be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. That's just a statement. Because he's trying to get you to that place of being still and patiently waiting so that he can fill in the red blank of your life. Does that make sense? But we're too concerned with what he's doing in other people's relationships and all the things that are happening around us that we forget to look between us and him and then us and them, whoever that may be. Does that make sense? I hope so. Because when I read it, it makes perfectly sense perfect sense to me, not that statement, but perfect sense to me. So how do we patiently wait? This is the question. How do we patiently wait when our FOMO is getting the best of us? Anybody understand what I'm talking about here? I hope you do, because relationships, this is lifeblood. This is what we run off of. How do we patiently wait when it just seems like it's not happening? David helps us at the end of this 37th Psalm, verses 23 through 28. He says this, The Lord makes firm the steps of those who delight in Him. Those who spend the time with Him, He makes firm their steps. Though He may stumble, He will not fall. For the Lord upholds Him with His hand. What a promise. Think about that. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in Him of the one, that personal relationship. Though he or she may stumble, he or she will not fall, for the Lord upholds him or her with his hand. How many of you guys like hiking? I love hiking. I really do. I don't get to do it enough. But one of my, my favorite parts of hiking is the people I hike with and who, who I love to hike with most is the Myers Five. And the tiniest of the Myers Five is little Andy Joy, Andalyn Joy. And if you know her, she's off the chain. She's awesome. If you don't know her, she's really quiet. But when we get out there on the trail together, it's almost automatic. And Joni's like, I'm glad. She reaches up and grabs my hand. Why? Because she knows that I will not let her fall with anything in my ability. If we're falling, I will grab her and put her on top of me, and I will take it all the way. I don't care because I will protect my girl, right? And I know the trip hazards. I know. I can see what, sadly, I've always been this way. I can see things that are about to happen. 
Debbie Downer right here, pessimistic. Okay, but I can see that they're going to trip on that log. I can see that they're going to roll on that stick. I can see that you're going to trip over that stone. And I hold her hand in such a way, not tight to hurt it, but tight that I can pick her up when she needs it. And there's many times I've done that, right? And you think about this with God and the love of a father and David's deep falls from grace. But yet God was there to grab him. He understood this well. You have a choice moving forward. You can't help what you've done in the past, but you can help what you do moving ahead. All of us have that chance. You think it's great in America to be able to reinvent yourself and and have new jobs and new opportunities in the kingdom of God with grace, forgiveness, love, reinstatement. All things are possible. If I were to die in 2001 versus 2021, there would have been a lot of different things being said at my funeral then than there are now. Because the person I was then is not the person I am now. God can redeem all the way in between. But it's up to you. And you look at this. He will not let you fall. He grabs you. David says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. That is a bold statement. I have never seen those who try to stand right before the Lord forsaken. Never seen them forsaken or a child, their children begging for bread. They're generous out of that. So turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. That's not about you. That's about them and God. But between you and God, you have a chance. The offspring of the wicked, generationally, this will be perished. They will perish. So my questions that I end with this morning for you this is what we're going to talk about in our small groups this week because we take Sunday morning sermon and we take it further and have conversations about it throughout the week. What path will you take to get what you want in this life? You've heard it saying, take the high road, right? You've heard that before. It's up to you, given the word of God and what has been presented and read before you, what you will do with it. What path will you choose to take And that path, will it be at the expense of someone else? Or will you be a blessing to someone else? What path? And will you be a blessing? Or will you be a curse? Will you take what's not yours to take out of your wants and your desires? And my challenge, and I implore you to do this, is choose the path of true love that you only identify by your true relationship and your time with God versus choosing the path of temporal lust. Something that tastes good now, that seems good now, that leaves you broken and hurting the very next day and breaking and hurting someone else along the way. I should not have eaten 10 cookies I should not have eaten 10 cookies. Should we, bud? That was some problems. But you may, you may think back and there's like, I just should not have done that. I should not have done that. That was not good. What can you know? Move forward with the knowledge that you have. 
move forward with the knowledge that you have. Be changed. Do this good, right? Let your disposition to be good, not your desire to be to take what's not yours to take, okay? Close your eyes with me. Holy Spirit, as we prayed before this service downstairs, Pat and I, my prayer was that your conviction would be strong, not that my words would be eloquent or have the ability to change lives, but that your Holy Spirit's convicting power would be strong and that you would pinpoint what it is that we need to do differently, how we need to be different to be who we're supposed to be for you. God, we don't want to live this life. Naturally, we don't want to live this life out of the lust of the flesh to get what we want. We want to live this life out of the fullness of the Spirit. Like, like was talked about last week by Derek, we're justified by our faith and that belief. It's such a strong concept and understanding. God, it's not naturally, per se, our desire to hurt people. These things happen. And we may be in this room this morning having been hurt by someone or have hurt someone by being fueled by lust versus love. And we pray this morning, Jesus, as your spirit has convicted us, that we will feel the forgiveness in this place. We will feel the justification and that righteousness is taking place and that we are becoming a new creation. And as we worship you this morning and we end with this time, a focused, intentional effort to spend time with you. I pray that we'll be changed in your presence and that we will leave this place with a different perspective and understanding of how we're to walk. Help me, Jesus, as you have done over the last few months to still, can be, so, to still be so convicted about who I am and what I do. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your convicting power to change the heart of Justin Myers. Christ follower, husband, father, friend, then leader, pastor. Thank you for that. Help us to be changed, I pray. Help us to ask for forgiveness, repent, turn from sin, and turn to you. And be what you've called us to be. During this time, we will pray with one another as a response. We will pray. Uh, with, with, with you, God, talking to you, worshiping you, we will respond because our heart is being changed. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Foundry Podcast. We hope it has been a blessing to you. For more information on service times and upcoming events, visit our website at thefoundrywv.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thefoundrywv.com.